0: Before we get started, we have um, some propaganda buttons up here at the front. Um, if you want to stay sharp or uh, declare that graphite is right, um, you have to promise to wear it to the pen show tomorrow. So come up and come up and get it's free. <laughs> you only have to sell us your soul.
1: Hello. And welcome to episode one hundred and thirty five of the Erasable Podcast. Woo So I'm sure that we're all a lot taller than you thought we were. And like Tim is taller than I thought he was looking?
0: Yeah. Or shorter. Yeah. So
1: yeah. for anyone that doesn't know who we are, I'm Johnny.
0: I'm Tim. And I'm Andy.
1: And we're the we guys we just met last night. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, this really is-
2: funny. When I got in from the airport from Johnson City, Tennessee, where I'm from, that was the first time at BWI that all three of us had been in the same place at the same time. So that was a really fun, fun moment. I was barely awake, and they were standing there with smiles and coffee, and uh, (laughs) it was was a great way to... coffee was important. ...to unite. Yeah, yeah.
0: Should we do just some quick introductions about our uh, background of pencils and in life?
2: Yeah. Sure. Tim? So my name is Tim Wassum, and I am a teacher... So I, I live in East Tennessee and I teach 11th grade English, and I've been teaching for about seven years now. And I got connected with these guys because I had a very short-lived but beloved blog. Uh, <laughs> the Beloved was added by me, not by anybody else. Uh, but I had a, a very short short-lived blog and I was uh, really enjoying listening to the Pen Addict and other uh, stationary blog or podcasts and reached out to these guys because they were the first two that came to my mind uh, talking about pencils and said, we haven't started a pencil podcast. They're so like, somebody needs to start a pencil podcast. And so let's do this. I talked to Andy, and Andy very wisely pointed to Johnny, and that's kind of how we ended up here. So that's, that's me. So the I'll go next. Johnny, I think your introduction is more impressive, so I'm going to let you go <laughs> <Is that> last. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, His introduction is very good. I'm I mean, more impressive than mine. I'm sorry, not Tim's. No, more, more Obviously. than mine. Yeah. Yeah um I'm Andy um, I uh, live in San Francisco used to live in Fort Wayne Indiana when we got this started um, I boy I started doing pencil blogging with a website called pencilthings.com which sold Palominos the precursors to the new black wings and other things um, and uh, did that for a long time and actually met Brad when you were blogging for jet pens um, and just connected with like you know some stationary community people and uh, pencil things eventually folded. I started a blog called Wood Clinched, which has sat dormant for a long time, but is still around. Um, and I actually went on an episode of The Pen Addict um, with Brad and Mike and talked about the case for pencils, which I think we'll get into. I was actually kind of hoping that Mike would be here so we can just, like, raz him about it. <laughs> um, well, that's why I contacted yeah. you. No, I do no, <laughs> so, so, you're, you're on that. And I was like, yeah. I was like... So uh, yeah. it, like I was on it, it was amazing, so much fun, it was thrilling, and, and Tim started messaging me and was echoing what it's was banging, in my head, yeah. which was, what if there was a podcast about pencils? And I was like, I bet we could do like 15 episodes and then <laughs> we're done. So uh, we started doing that sort of with Brad's blessing, um, sort of, <laughs> he, didn't a, he didn't have a choice. Um, so, we, uh, so we started the Erasable podcast, that was six years ago, uh, 135 episodes later. Uh, Tim and I started talking, and we realized that we needed the original pencil blogger on board, who is Johnny Gamber.
1: You're making me sound old. Yeah? Because you are. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm Johnny. I'm the local one. I live in Roland Park with my children. And um, I started a pencil blog in 2005 when I was working on my doctorate and sort of like trying to stay sane and do something that's not homework for a little while. And um, I've actually known Gary since like 2004. Was of uh, was it 02? Oh, man. Um, but we just met yesterday, so um, yeah, like t- Andy and, sorry, Andy and Tim had messaged me, and they're like, Do you want to be on this podcast? I'm like, Dudes, I'm a terrible public speaker, like, I suck at it, I have a Baltimore accent, and they're like, No, nah, nah, it'll be all right. So, um, we talked one night on Google Hangouts, right? Yeah, and we had a video on, it and I was like, Oh, that's what they look like. And I assumed Tim was my age, but he's not, he just he doesn't sound like very young were He was in his twenties. He's got a lot of gray hair. It wasn't the gray hair, it was that you're not stupid. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Andy's (laughs) real young though.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh what happened on our first episode? I remember I was drinking something. I was drinking like honey whiskey because I was sick and I didn't want to take cough medicine. And like talking on my phone, and now we have like pro mics and like pro ish mics. And um yeah, like and we're all together in Baltimore. We're having fun. For the Baltimore Pencil for Show. the first time. Uh, we got tattoos today. Yeah. I oh yeah. Uh, so, check this out.
0: So this one of the things we picture. one of the things we promised ourselves if we ever met in person five six years ago with if we, if we ever meet we're gonna get tattoos and I was like that's never gonna happen so sure let's, <laughs> sure let's I'll just promise say that it. yeah so here we are um, we all got uh, uh, versions of the same design uh, which is a pencil that is drawing itself. Um, there's a, a designer who I used to work with um, who designed it for a poster, and it's a, it's a pencil drawing itself. And there's a quote that's often, often misattributed to Marshall McLuhan um, that says, we shape our tools and in turn they shape us. Um, and that's like on a poster from the Facebook Analog Lab. Um, and so it's a, something that I've really loved for years and years, and we, we all got a version of that on our, on our arms here. Itches like hell. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah.
1: So for everybody that's asked me, like how Andy and Tim did when Andy and Tim haven't been around, like no one cried. But look at our Instagram stories. Close, they have poker faces on, like the whole time. But uh, <laughs> kept checking. on am like, you all right? Like, yep, I'm all right. Like at the moments
2: where you where you thought I was. You're like, man, you're about to fall asleep, and mm-hmm. those those were actually usually the worst moments for me. Where uh, those are the moments where I was just closing my eyes just to like think about something else. And he's like, "Are you falling asleep?" I'm like, "No." What I thought, <laughs> I, I wish
1: I was. You <laughs> might have been crying. I thought it was sweat. No, I didn't. But, um, <laughs> no tears shed. Like, yeah, Andy, Andy was like, "I'm gonna go do something. Can you stay with Tim?" i like, "I'll stay with Tim. it will be all right." But I just um,
0: thought he needed some moral support.
1: <laughs> yeah, my usual tattoo guy came in early in the morning for us, which was awesome. Yeah, and uh. And we'll talk later about what's going on tomorrow night, so he might be there, so that'd be cool.
0: So I I really just wanted to give you some very quick uh, self-promotion stuff real quick. Um, If anybody uses Facebook, and if you don't, that's totally fine. We have a really, really great group. Uh, If you're in the Erasable group on Facebook, would you raise your hand? Is it maybe one of the nicest places on the Internet? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We try really hard to do that. Um, Dr. Hans Noodleman, who is sitting here in the front row, raise your hand, please. He is one of our, our fellow mods. Um, we also have a Patreon. Um, if anybody is interested, we put out some uh, some swag. We have some um, some bonus content, uh, audio content. We have some things. Um, please join us on Patreon.
1: We have um, a custom playlist every month.
0: Custom playlist and a newsletter. It's really great. Um, we have a zine, which is kind of a passion project of mine. Twice a year, we put out Plumbago Magazine, um, which is um, yeah, fiction, poetry, illustrations, art. I think, Anna, you've contributed to every, every issue. I think I missed one. Oh, you missed one? Well, uh, Gary has been, been, yeah, Gary's been in the issue twice. So, uh, yay, Plumbago. <laughs> <laughs> um, that comes out uh, you, if you go to plumbago.xyz. It's kind of hard to read up here. Um, you can sign up for the mailing list and find out when it comes out. And, of course, we're super, super thrilled to be here. So thank you all. Thank you, Corinne, who's sitting in the back, uh, for inviting us. Uh, she's organizing this thing. Baltimore!
1: Hey,
2: Thank you.
0: Johnny has a good Baltimore accent.
2: I
1: sometimes can't avoid my Baltimore accent. <laughs>
0: um, does anybody want to talk about like the main topic? And we'll talk about a thing, few things first, but just kind of set the tone for it. I can do it. <laughs> OK, I'm actually Voluntary. real interested to know, um, who here does not like pencils, does not like wooden pencils? Oh, come on. Some of you, <laughs> didn't you just come to hate watch this? Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so biggest thing we're doing here is just to come to a pen show and make the case for wood case, uh, case for pencils. We, um, I love pens. I mostly love, like, you know, consumer fountain pens. I know a lot of people will get booed, but we all love ourselves a bit. Bit crystal. Big crystal. Um, but crystal. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, the first time I attended the San Francisco Pen Show, it was just, like, really interesting to see how many people just, like, didn't give a shit about pencils. And that's fine. Um, but we are here, and we're going to try to make you give a shit about pencils. And I'm glad that
2: we have a friendly crowd. So
0: this will be quick. Um, and I,
2: I feel like of the yeah. three of us, I m- maybe am the most, like, fountain pen yeah. conscious. or That's where I started, because that's where I started. And then just kind of was lured in started from the bottom now you're here yes no but i i discovered fountain pens while i was just first starting out as a teacher so i was teaching eighth grade english and was desperately looking for little ways to make my day better (laughs) as i was dealing with with preteens and uh and i discovered fountain pens which i had had one very previously but um and then found different blogs and found the community and sort of like dove in just like completely headfirst and then have made kind of a transition since then because i think when my first when my blog which was called the writing arsenal that was almost all fountain pens until i met you guys nice and then it got good and then it got good then (laughs) it came the good part the part where it Shut down forever.
0: I yeah. <laughs> actually found on a well-appointed desk blog once by looking for, I think it was Varsity, the um, disposable fountain pens, which I really love, and come in really great colors. So that's how I first discovered your blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first we're going to do uh, a couple of little segments, um, and this is something we call tools of the trade, um, and we basically just kind of talk through some of the media that we're consuming. Originally, it was, we were talking about, like, the things that we were drinking, um, and uh, We just didn't want everybody to think we are like just always drinking. Also, it just got boring because it was like, I'm drinking seltzer water. I'm drinking seltzer water. I'm drinking seltzer water. I
2: started (laughs) lying.
1: I'm like, I'm having an old-fashioned. I'm sitting there with like some coffee.
0: So briefly, we're going to kind of run through some of the media they were consuming um, and uh, what we're writing with today. So um, Johnny, do you want to start?
1: So normally, I would list some um, pretentious books. But since we last podcast, I've been doing nothing but cleaning. So uh, my first tool of the trade has been two boxes of magic erasers because <laughs> not like, not those not little the rubber co- ones. Like not the koh ones. Mr. Clean. Because yeah. <laughs> my children have screwed up the walls and like magic erasers are magic. They're really cool. Um, and I've been reading back issues of poets and writers because when you clean, you're like, I have two years of poets and writers I've been reading. Um, and yeah, that's it. I am writing with a... Well, we have custom pencils up here because we're special, but Tennessee Red from Musgrave on a Baltimore-made Black Elk from Right Notepads. Yeah, that's it.
2: Who's next? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I as I, Anytime I'm going to travel, I always am hyper-conscious of what book I'm gonna be reading, and this time I made a special effort, like a really strenuous effort to only pick one because I'm the kind of person who ends up traveling with like five books for absolutely no reason because I've read zero since I've been here. But um, <laughs> I finally am reading Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, which is a book that I've started a couple times and stopped for no good reason. It wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it. And it proved to be the perfect partner for, for going through airports. I mean, I also had the audiobook, which is really well, really well read. So reading uh, Good Omens, getting ready to watch, finally watch the show maybe. And I spent what portion I wasn't, tra- or wasn't reading, I was traveling, listening to a lot of Mavis Staples, who is <laughs> one of my favorite human beings on the planet. So Mavis Staples from the Staples Singers. Um, I, I'm also a big Wilco fan, the band Wilco, and Jeff Tweedy has produced a couple of her last few more recent albums, and I just I could listen to her talk, I could listen to her sing, of course. I could listen to her do anything. She's one of my favorite people. So Mavis Staples. And uh, lastly, uh, watching a lot of Shit's Creek. I'm going to stop there. So I just you, watched, uh, David. Uh, <laughs> you, David and I, yeah, so that's maybe my favorite show in existence right now. And just watch the amazing episode where David has to get his license renewed and just has a stream of his sister telling us about all these insane situations that she's been in with overseas, just like casually. So I, I love that show. So that's, that's me. And I'm writing with a, uh, got our custom pencils. I also have been carrying a Blackwing natural, and I'm also using the black elk from right. Notepads.
0: Nice. Um, I just finished a book on the airplane on the way here. Um, it's called The Night Country. It's a uh, by Melissa Albert. It is a sequel to a um, uh, to a book called The Hazelwood. And it's kind of a uh, fantasy novel set in contemporary New York. And there's like a secret fairy tale world. And it's just one of those like really, it's a really, really good airplane book. Uh, if anything, what needs a, needs a novel that kind of moves fast and is just kind of advances you through. So I feel like, um, Good Omens is another, another good airplane book. You just, you make progress and it feels really good. So, um, man, we, my wife Katie and I, uh, in San Francisco, I've been watching, um, we finished Grace and Frankie, uh, the latest season, which is really great. Um, Lily Tomlin is one of my favorite human beings. So yeah, it's super good. Um, and, uh. What did we watch recently? We haven't watched the hunt, the hunted, the hunter.
1: Did you watch? No. So I watched ep- two episodes of the hunters, that new show about Nazi hunters, which was not as kitschy and funny as it looked. I don't like think it was I gonna want to be. watch it after hearing. <laughs> it It was pretty serious. Yeah. But very good.
0: Yeah. Um, and other than that, I have been uh, just uh, replaying uh, stress dreams about this show. So <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tattoo and, and tattoos. So yeah. On Monoloop, yeah. The tattoo stress dreams were a little rough because I just went, to me, it did not hurt as much as I expected it to, which isn't to say it didn't hurt.
2: Oh, gosh. I mean.
1: You guys were crying a lot. It hurt
2: like hell. But the <laughs> watching, I, I was telling Andy after we got him, I was like, I'm glad you went first because I didn't realize that they point the needle in the opposite direction or like along the direction of where they're pointing. They're they're pushing it, so I was like yeah. imagining it always being like very gentle, but it was like that seemed like it was gonna tear no, you open. So I was watching that, <laughs> and so I waited until after I was like, just so you know, this is what it looked like. And so it was, it was, I didn't have the benefit of blindly looking in the other direction and just imagining that it was all fine. <laughs> I was I, I knew exactly what was happening on the other side. So.
1: Our tattoo guy told me ahead of time that he was gonna put them on the um, the bed they use for people that are scared. <laughs> <laughs> A, There's like, a
0: weighted blanket to help sit like, they're, down.
1: No. They're not going to sit still in the chair. I'm just going to lay them
2: down. When I got up to have my, my wrapped at the end, I was just being overly conscious about my posture and was like kept adjusting. And he's like, Are you okay? Are you going to fall? Are you, you going to pass out? And I was like, No, I'm fine. I'm just, just, just trying to stand up straight. Yeah.
0: And I am writing with a uh, Chenghua um, 6610 uh, made in uh, China. Um, which came in a bouquet of pencils uh, from Caroline Weaver, who has that pencil shop in New York called CW Pencils. She wrote a really, really great book called um, uh, Pencils You Should Know uh, by Chronicle Books. It's really, really good. Brad, you should have her on your show. Talk about it. And I don't really want to like I <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Uh, I should have, if I was more prepared, I would have put like a thing up there, but it has a really big plastic ferrule, which is like kind of weird and top heavy. Um, but it has um, a really good point retention and uh, for, for being a pencil so dark, which is, if you don't know about pencils, is a really good thing because it means the graphite was really well formulated. So uh, just sharpened that up a couple days ago. Um, and I'm writing. I do have one of these, these Black Elk uh, field notes... Uh, Write notepads. Damn. Ooh, well. Yeah. Oh. Dis. I'm glad Chris Chris Roth isn't here. Um, I'm calling him. I'm I'm actually using a. am <laughs> actually using a Write Notepads <laughs> kin- Kindling, which um, any Field Nuts fans and Field Notes fans in the room would recognize that that orange. It's the butcher orange um, from French Paper Company. Uh, this was the first limited edition they put out, Johnny.
1: Uh, second.
0: Second, like maybe three, four, that five was years ago.
1: summer 2016.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> And I pulled that, it out especially for this. To ha- the The binding that's in it is so good. It has like almost like like a ledger ruling. It's really good for lists. And when I get anxious about things, I make lists. <laughs> and there's many lists for this for this trip.
2: That's the edition that also came packaged in a briquettes bag. Yeah, like a charcoal briquettes. bag? Yeah, the whole theme was
0: like yeah. was like barbecues. So, and, and there were some wooden pencils that were like look like matches. Um,
1: and they had. a like 10 or 20 blue notebooks yeah and I got two of them put your blue notebooks at the same shop yeah it was like karma for shopping local
0: yeah it was like the um, like the McDonald's um, Monopoly game like people like there was a limited number of like blue ones and people would just buy them just to like look in the creases and see if they were blue so (laughs) if you have an unopened pack of these like cut them open and see if there's a blue one because
1: there's still one or two unclaimed there was a prize nice yeah yeah
0: cool Um, the next thing I want to know, do you want to play a game? Yeah. All right. Yay! And can we go through this? Yeah, Yeah,
2: sure. This is, uh, it'll be brief, but it's a, we're going to play a game of two truths and a lie. So we've got, uh, some, some moments from pencil history that we're going to tell you about. Two of them are true. One of them is not. And the pencil has a really really wonderful story of, of where it came from and I, there's actually another cw pencil or uh, caroline weaver book which is the title of it? is it just the pencil um the first one the pencil perfect the pencil pets perfect um so her first book has a lot of these amazing stories and so we picked a couple stories from the history of the pencil and then mixed in one that is not quite true and so I'm going to read these three and so we need a contestant who's gonna play with us anybody would anybody like to play? I need the most hostile
0: person toward pencils
2: (laughs) out there. Our number one enemy. Sir do you want to
0: come up here? I mean you don't have to come up if you don't want but maybe grab that microphone.
2: Yeah absolutely.
0: All right. right, What's your name? Jesse. Jesse Andy. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Yeah. Have a seat. Okay. Although it's kind of hard to see the screen, so yeah, you're you know, have I'll to sit here. Okay, How cool. about okay. that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> are you from Baltimore? I am. Yay. Yes.
0: Are you gonna like say hi to each other and stuff?
1: We have secret like tones. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where are you from, right, <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I can tell.
1: I'm from Hamden. You <laughs> <laughs> from Hamden, are Yeah. Huh. Okay. I'm from Roland Avenue.
0: Don't distract them too much. <laughs> okay.
2: All right, so the first one, Henry David Thoreau, the author and philosopher, discovered a better way to pulverize graphite powder, a method that endures today and which may have contributed to his tuberculosis, which eventually killed him. Fact number one. Fact number one. Fact number two, <coughs> Eberhard Weber originally came to the U.S. to escape being drafted into the German army in World War I as an airplane mechanic. He used his engineering skills to create a high quality pencil and named it after his favorite plane, the Blackwing.
0: And also, I just want to point out look at these amazing slight transitions.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for the pity applause. Uh,
2: and see, before California Cedar Products, Cal Cedar acquired the lapsed Blackwing pencil trademark, they were still planning on producing a Blackwing like pencil, calling it the Pegasus in early prototypes. Okay. Two of these are true. One of them is not.
3: My thought is
0: that B is not correct.
2: B is not correct. Anybody else have any other
0: opinions? Does anybody here... Don't say it, but raise your hand if you know the answer. Okay. Why do you think B is the answer? Well, C seems just a little bit crazy, so it makes sense that you'd actually have it up there as the true one. Just just saying. <laughs> Um and I'm pretty sure I've
4: heard A somewhere. Hmm.
0: Cool. Let's find out. Yay! You work. No! Jesse. Jesse, do you like field do you like field notes? I do like field notes. Uh, please please accept this uh, Facebook Analog Lab Field Notes, which was a special special prize that they did. Uh, and is much sought after in the Field Nuts group if you're in there. Excellent. So, accept. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. For playing. Jesse around for the Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Okay. All right. Um, Thank you. on for the main topic discussion. Um, I I should probably not stand because nobody else is standing. It's weird. You're yeah, uh, tall. Yeah. I um we have we have a few guests that are gonna come up eventually and just kind of like talk about their perspective and and speak to a speak to a captive audience. Um, but first I thought we'd just do kind of like a round table um, and talk about how we got interested in pencils in the first place. Not like producing media about stationery or pencils, but just yeah. why we're interested in it. Um, anybody want to start? Yeah, I'm older. I'll
1: start. <laughs>
2: I got into both fountain pens and pencils for the exact same reason, which is that I I found myself enjoying the idea of getting into writing tools that required some kind of process or something you have to do to enjoy them. So I got into fountain pens because I liked filling them. And when people would see me with ink all over my hands, they'd say, well, why do you like, how do you get the, keep the ink from getting on your hands? It's like, you don't. That's, you, you just don't. That's what happens sometimes. And f- with pencils, it's the same thing. Like, they can be fussy. They can break. They can, you have to sharpen them. You have to stop every once in a while. Uh, if you have a preference about what the point's going to look like or what kind, uh, how sharp of a point you're writing with, then you got to stop and write. And I just like things that have a process as part of them. And I also like things that uh, bring me joy. And both of them happened to bring me joy. And so what I found over time was that uh, writing with a pencil, uh, revisiting it for the first time, because I I don't know if this goes for all of you, but when I was in high school and I was in middle school, mechanical pencils were the only thing you ever touched. They're the only thing that touched your hand. If you touched a a wood pencil, you assumed that it was a piece of crap, that it was the thing they were giving you because they didn't have a mechanical pencil, because those were the things that were more more trustworthy.
0: Do you remember in the fourth grade when you could graduate to pens? from pencils and it was the biggest
2: deal in the world? It was something like that. I actually yeah. remember my, my fourth period teacher, uh, Mrs. Harveth, my, or my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Harveth, had a mechanical pencil that looked like a real pencil, and everybody in the class wanted one. It was like, <laughs> we talked about it all the time. Um, but yeah, that's so that, that's kind of my main, like how I got to it. I started out getting into fountain pens, which I had been given a fountain, fountain pen as a gift, but I found joy in woodcase pencils because it just, yeah, give me an opportunity to experience the same kind of tactile function and write and, and fuss with my, with my writing instruments, but uh, they only cost 50 cents apiece. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the first pencil, what was the first pencil that you ever
0: used that sort of like made you really like think about it?
2: I was at my church and was picking up my son from the nursery, and there was a pencil cup, and I saw a, a round Ticonderoga, which I'd never seen before. Because I I was b- with it enough to notice just the differences in body types and stuff, and I found a round ticonderoga and immediately jumped on Instagram or Twitter or something like that and was reaching out to you guys and I was like, have you ever seen these? And I imagine <laughs> we weren't friends at the time, so it's like picking their brains and they're like, I think this you know they're giving me what little information they could, and so that was that was the first one, and so I went about trying to find some more of these round ticonderogas because I liked having a round pencil, and that was when you two pointed me to the laddie, so the the ticonderoga laddie was my first my first love which if you've never if, if you're familiar with it it's a it's a tiger rug a pencil that is round but it's a little bigger than a standard pencil and you can it's just like find a, this at like office depot yeah, right? yeah yeah you can find them all it's over the real. place so it's like a semi jumbo but it has a really a big core which gives it a, a soft writing experience and so that was my first first love so nice
0: you guys Nice to go <laughs> um, anybody here in their uh, early mid thirties maybe late thirties and ever used a yikes pencil do you remember those yeah, quality pencil, but so cool. We actually um, somebody somebody left a comment on a blog post I wrote about Yikes Pencils and uh, found the the name of the guy who like worked on the ad campaign for Yikes Pencils, uh, and we're gonna eventually get him on the show. Uh, he was like tickled that somebody like 25 years later was like, "Hey, can you tell us all about this ad campaign you worked on, this marketing branding campaign?" It was uh, it was an extruded yeah Jesse. Remember grip sticks? Yeah. Oh, oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grip sticks? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so (laughs) bright, bright colors. For anybody who doesn't know a YX pencil, it is bright, bright colored, um, extruded wood. So, it's wood that's mixed with like like compressed sawdust and like plastic and really bright colors. The core is different. The wood is a different color than the paint, and they always have like crazy erasers on them and some different shapes. And was marketed to kids, and the commercials that would come on was, like, some kid, like, in his room with, like, a skateboard or whatever, because of the 90s, <laughs> big hair. Um, and his dad walks in, um, like, with a tie, and he's just, like, a nerd. He's like, do your homework! And he gives him, like, this, uh, like this yellow boring pencil, and the kid, like, like throws it. And uh, the, the, the mirror in the bedroom, uh, the kid in the mirror hands the real kid out a Yikes pencil. And it's like, use one of these. It's like, not for nerds. I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> he um, throws his
2: Super Nintendo yeah. controller aside and starts. <laughs> but I was like, like,
0: Mom, I need a right.
5: Yex pencil. Yeah.
0: So got a Yex pencil. And yeah, I had no idea if it was good at the time. It wasn't. But um, I <laughs> really loved it. So I love pencils. I put them down for years and years. Um, I got really into green pens. Um, there's, a, there's a blogger named Mike Hagan who loves a green ink pen. And he and I almost started a green ink pen blog (laughs) (laughs) it was really bad it was titled green with pen v Mm. it was yeah we didn't we didn't get started on that um and uh and so we um so i picked up pens for a long time and finally i worked at my first career level job i worked at a small nonprofit, and i was the operations manager and i found myself i found myself like taking making lists And I would write something, and I was like, oh, I'd erase that. Write something else, and oh, I'd erase that just with a pencil that I found. And it was really nice. And it was a, um, I think it was a really old Murado Black Warrior, Mm -hmm. like pre-PaperMate. And I was like, this is is really like, um, it's round and it's small, and it's really dark, but it has a really good point. Um, And then I started going online and just like looking at pencils, and I ran across uh, pencilthings.com. which is going on a business. Um, they have yeah. a clearance sale right now. And uh, picked up a pencil sampler pack. And in that pack were a couple pencils. Um, the company that makes Blackwing, uh, Blackwing now, made a pencil called the Palomino HB. And it was bright blue and it was really lovely. Um, and they also had one called the Golden Bear, which is a kind of California imagery pencil. And it's really inexpensive. It's like $3 for a dozen. Mm also really good and I was like paying attention to it so it really got me thinking like specifically about pencils and one of the things that I I like about it I was working on an extended metaphor that I don't think I'm going to successfully get across but like if if fountain pens fountain pens are to wine as pencils are to coffee because with fountain pens you can get a really good rare fountain pen for you know like under $20 maybe some people might argue with me about that. Uh, but you can also get a fountain pen like way up to thousands of dollars, just like wine. With pencils, most expensive pencil generally you can just buy out there is like $3 a pencil. Um, and they're like kind of the, the higher you go, the more the returns are diminished. You know, like, you, like it gets better, but it doesn't get like life-changingly better after a certain amount. So to me, it's really like coffee. You really have to like dig into the subtleties of the graphite and the smoothness and the blackness and the way that it looks and the way that it smells because cedar pencils smell amazing. Um so yeah, I really just like dug into pencil reviewing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that metaphor works on also just like the daily basis that I feel like pencil yeah. being something that is very It's a tool like, just like coffee
1: is. Sure. Yeah. 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 Addiction <laughs> like coffee is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Johnny. So um during my first year of my doctoral program I met Gary through um Moleskinry, which was like a Moleskin fan blog and um all of a sudden people started talking about like fountain pens. So I, I got a fountain pen. Gary, raise your hand.
2: Yay. Yeah.
1: And, um, there were a lot, there's a lot of topics on, I mean, a lot of talking on there about pens because as people probably know, the moleskin paper is not so good. So it's really hard to find a balance of a pen that doesn't write like a piece of shit and doesn't leak through all the paper. So after like months and months of this summer came along and, um, I had a really sweet fellowship where I didn't have to teach or anything. And, um, a lot of time, which was interesting. And I was in Illinois, which is a boring place. And, um, anybody here from Illinois? Sorry. It was, it was Carbondale, Carbon Illinois. Carbondale, Illinois, Carbon Day, Illinois yeah. is really boring. <laughs> oh. It's like, it's a shithole. Um, but, um, so, you know, I'm like, I I would be in class with like five pens in front of me. and I'm like, this is just stupid. So, um, I was reading Hemingway and the Amovel um, Feast, which is a quote from Moleskine's website, and he talks about writing with pencils, and I remember writing my book, like, I wish I could write with something simple like a pencil. And I'm like, you're a grown-up, so go buy some fucking pencils. Go buy some effing <laughs> pencils. So back then, you could go to Walmart and buy, like, a dozen American-made pencils for a dollar, and they were pretty good. So I went and did that, and then, like... I kept, you know, I'm writing with this and I'm thinking, this is so simple. Like, it's one color, one, there's no nib size, just a pencil. This is simple. This is making my life more streamlined. I'm getting more work done. And then you discover, like, other pencils. And back then, um, e commerce wasn't what it is. So if you wanted something like the Mitsubishi Hi Uni, like, you had to find someone in Japan willing to go to the store and buy them, send them to you, and not charge you, like, $100. So then it just became another rabbit hole. I was like, shit. Like, this was supposed to simplify my life. Now, this is my life. Um, So actually, when I was writing my dissertation, I didn't touch pencils because it was really distracting. But um, yeah, so I I fell into pencils out of the idea of like simplicity, which did not work well. And then um, like two of my heroes, Hemingway and Thoreau, like were like big pencil people. Thoreau obviously like in a different way than Hemingway. And um, it sort of flowed and like I became known as like the pencil guy at the department, which was like, not flattering at the time because they're like, "Oh, you have a fellowship. You have a lot of time on your hands." I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm not teaching logic, um, but like then, you know, there was like just enough of a dork who was from like really far away and like the kid that doesn't go to the bars and stuff and using pencils. So it just kind of like fit with my little image of the little barefoot guy that people used to call me the Hobbit in grad school. So. Yeah, it was like, it's a a simplicity thing that didn't turn out to be so simple cuz pencils aren't that simple. Yeah.
0: pencils aren't that
1: simple. They well, can be though. They can be.
0: Did you say what your first like pencil
1: was? So, my first pencil that got me into pencils was the PaperMate American Natural, which was a dollar. And they're in like in retrospect completely sh- terrible pencils. They were smeary, they stunk. The eraser was like literally wood. It didn't work. But um, now, like, I, I scoop them up. Sorry? The eraser was wood shavings. Was it really? Really? Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, it been. Well. I believe you. And now <laughs> I scoop them up when I can find them and pay, like, a lot more than a dollar for a dozen of them. But um, it was a good gateway. It was pretty, so I still like natural pencils. And uh, as Blackwing has shown, lots of people like natural pencils. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it.
0: Should we get a guest up here, guys? Let's do Yay. it. Yay. Anna Reiner, please report to the front. <laughs> yeah, Anna. I'll stop from the back. So, um Hope oh, you got the... Anna Hello. Can you can you tell us Okay. Everybody here knows Anna, right? Okay. Yeah. Can, can you tell us about what happened during the first time you came on our show to like chat with us?
3: Oh, was that was that the episode you guys forgot to hit record? Me. I record.
0: <laughs> It was Tim... Uh, no, you it was me. Record today. I'm recording today. I'm, I'm compulsively checking it. So. Okay, just checking it. <laughs> over I don't and over do and this over this and again. <laughs> we uh, we were all having a, a cocktail while we were recording, and halfway through, I was like, "We did not. We're not recording this." <laughs> and we kept on
1: pouring. It was a weeknight. Yeah, and it was yeah. way more than halfway through. it. Well, yeah, well, yeah.
2: I was saying halfway through meant that we were like. Almost to an hour. Yeah, because <laughs> it's no. We were like an hour and
1: forty-five. I an hour and forty-five minutes into it, and he's like, "Guys," I'm like, "Oh no." So
0: Anna, I actually was a guest later on, in one of our actually most downloaded and lauded episodes. Everybody puts it on the really? top of one, which is about colored pencils.
3: Cool. cool. Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Oh, we did not tell you that. Um, it's uh, and it's something that like we're the three of us are mostly like writer writer types and you bring a very, very valuable perspective which is artists. Thank you. And I feel like pencils hold a separate place in artists' hearts. And I would love to know your your sort of like pencil story and if it involves art.
3: My pencil story. Well it's probably I mean very much like all of the other stationary things. Like I fell in love with like, any like back to school, like anytime I could like go through the department at, you know, whatever big box or target. Because I would get new supplies. Yeah. So whether it was pencils, whether it was pens, um, because I wanted to draw, I wanted to write, I wanted to practice my calligraphy, which at the time I didn't know was calligraphy. It was really just faking my Fancy parents. Writing. Oh, no, it was faking my parents' signature. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I could get out of class. Or
2: permission slips, yeah. Yes, yeah.
3: and I was really good. And I could actually do other people's parents. So that's how I actually got into calligraphy. Yeah, that would be <laughs> so a booming could... business in a high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but yeah, so that was sort of the start of it. But when I was in college, I started um, buying color pencils because a lot of times they were required for your course. Um, and that was where I first discovered, like Prismacolors, and then found out that there was more than just one kind of color pencil. And they had different qualities in the same way that graphite pencils do. There's darker ones, there's lighter ones, there's ones that are better for detail work, um, ones that are. Uh, you know, that are actually erasable, erasable where colored pencils normally aren't. Mm. Um, so they're used for different purposes. And so, again, like, it's a whole total rabbit hole. <laughs> so, and to this day, like, I just have a ridiculous, ridiculous number of colored pencils. Like, it's ins- absurd.
0: I remember at the San Francisco pen show, somebody was selling vintage colored pencils, and you were all over that.
3: By the box. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, uh, yeah, because everybody needs 12 lemon yellow colored pencils, right? Of course. Yeah, obviously.
1: Well, they changed stuff, and they're like, it's a little different. It's not made in America anymore. Oh. so you were just forward thinking. Oh,
3: totally. And like, I'm—I now have, like, to this day, Prismacolor is the one that I tend to like favor. I just like them better than other ones for no real logical reason, um, except that I think that's where I started. Um, but they have passed through so many different hands, corporately speaking. So it's like, you know, the ones that were made in, you know, originally made in the U.S., you know, as turquoise. Prisma colors, and then they just became uh, Faber-Castell, and then they were, I mean, they, they've gone through everybody. Everybody's touched them, Sanford had them for a while. Um, and then they, like you can see, like some say they're made in Mexico, some say they were made in China. Now they don't say anything, but I'll tell you the truth, they're made in China.
0: Hmm. By the way, there are three American pencil companies left in the world. There's Musgrave Pencil in Tennessee, there's uh, General Pencil in New Jersey, and
1: what's the other one? The Moon? Um, J.R. jrr Moon. I don't know much about them. Somewhere in Tennessee. Yeah. So.
3: I actually found like boxes of vintage J.R. Moon that I used to sell on my shop, not knowing like that they were super, super rare because I just found like full boxes. So I would do like assortments on my little shop. And I did any of you buy any? I don't remember who no. bought them. Like a few people were like, "Holy crap! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take two packs of
2: those." Because I was selling
3: them for like three bucks. I'm like here's sure, six pencils yeah. for three dollars. <laughs> Found them at an antique mall. I was like, "These are awesome! Yeah, I'll take all of them."
2: I also, like hearing you talk about the colored pencils and those little tweaks and those little changes that happen is one of the things that I think is universal between fountain pens and and. And pencils is that the materials can be exactly the same, but slight little differences in how they're manufactured can totally change the whole writing experience. Like with where you get something that is suddenly just a little bit off-center when it comes to a pencil, right? Or you get something that is just not as cleanly machined or something. And I'm also describing a neurosis that I have, right? I'm describing <laughs> a really complicated problem in which I notice problems that don't exist constantly. But I, but I, I think some of them are true, and I think that's that's one of the fun parts of getting into this is is oh. learning those little the little minutiae yeah then you kind of thrive on the minutiae yeah yeah and
1: like in the past decade, since so many things have moved overseas or like they don't make the grades anymore they don't make the model anymore you can go to someone's house and find like a box of like American Naturals from 1995. I'm like, can I have those? I'm like, yeah, trash pencils, take them. I'm like, you sucker.
2: (laughs) But like our tattoo guy this morning, You just saved me six bucks on eBay.
1: (laughs) 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 He had uh, the whole set of Faber-Castell color, um, Faber-Castell, Prismacolor colored pencils, and they were all the old American-made ones, and they did not look the same. Score. (laughs) I was like, oh, you have the American-made ones. He's like, I know. (laughs) Uh,
3: Tina, um, Koyama? Just, yes, Koyama yeah. just emailed me the other day that she got an entire box of the Prismacolors. It's like a 48, maybe 60 set that came in a gold box, and she's like, "I want to know what like why is this a special edition?" And I'm like, "Cause it comes in a gold box." much
1: <laughs> and I will evaluate them <laughs> for you. Yep.
3: I actually have the exact same box, so I get, like took it out and we're looking at it, and she's like, "Are there different colors in it?" And I'm like, "No." No. Yeah, we, we we both like went through the whole process of trying to figure out like. Is there some difference to them? But no. there's a
1: spellcaster with them. So,
0: Anna, if you were if you were talking to people who were into many, many different colors of inks and and fountain pens, and they grind their grind their nibs, no pun intended, and they are really into fountain pens, uh, what would you say to them to get them to pick up a wooden pencil and just like think about it?
3: Funny you should ask. I made a list.
0: Really, I did. Oh, how
3: convenient. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to speak in pen terms. Uh, Pencils have an extended cap off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. you. I don't understand what you just said. No, I do. Um, You can grind your own nib anytime you want. Pun intended. Totally. Um, Then, a little little bit more seriously, there are um, non-fading options unlike fountain pen ink, which most of it fades, uh, that's called graphite. Um, and if you want some that may possibly fade on you, they're called colored pencils.
0: And by the way, a lot of people don't realize this, but a pencil is often more permanent than ink. It is uh, archival quality. The, the big thing is, is like obviously, with friction, it will rub off. So if you have sheets of paper that is um, in pencil and not touching other things or not being moved, uh, that will last forever because that is a
2: – I mean, as long as the paper. Yeah, why out. Oh, sorry.
3: We no. Sure. show <laughs>
2: <laughs> When I was in college I worked for an Ar- the archives in our- at our college and one of my jobs was to transcribe the letters from the founder of our school and so his letters to his wife when he was traveling and letters back to you know professors there and I and I noticed later I kind of like went back and looked at them that a lot of them were in pencil and the ones that were harder to read were the ones that were in some sort of ink or whatever because I mean, these were letters that would have been written in sometime around like the 1870s or the 1880s.
3: So that brings me to point number four, which is pencils are allowed in museums and in library special collections. They will take your pen away.
1: Yeah. Built-in VIP badges. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We need to make Um, a pencil called the VIP.
3: My point number five, uh, they're available in a variety of shapes, like hex, semi-hex, round, uh, lots of finishes, natural, dibbed. All the lacquers you can get them in sparkle if you want, um, and those those also have colors you know red, yellow, natural, yeah. um, and sizes from the jumbo down to the bridge pencil.
0: Bridge pencil, of course, is the really really thin pencils that I think I think you you, you like. Folded them in a card deck, right? When you're playing bridge, when you're done.
3: Something I never yeah. have figured out because it's also about the same size as a stenographer's pencil and yeah. I don't know why like why did stenographers need super skinny pencils? I think oh, they it was it in a, the rings.
0: It was a gender thing. Yeah, cuz yeah. cuz ladies have, you know, thin yeah. hands uh, yeah.
3: and mm-hmm. that's the not yeah. the size of a chopstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um pencils also come with awesome accessories like erasers, uh, sharpeners, point protectors and cases.
2: That makes me think about the fact that with pencils sharpeners are maybe even more important than the pencils themselves cuz i remember discovering good sharpeners for the first time and once you have a sharpener that actually does a good job then it just it makes every pe- pencil a little bit better and so when figuring out classroom friendly sharpeners for the first time these kind of crank sharpeners that put a super long point on it or even just sharpeners that were made with any sort of thought that they would even be used to sharpen pencils because <laughs> a lot of the kind of uh, the stuff that's given away for free it's like you can just imagine Break those companies plastic chassis yeah, yeah yeah just doing it because it's like we need to sell a pencil sharpener it doesn't have to sharpen a pencil but we just need to sell a pencil <laughs> sharpener
0: if anybody needs a good sharpener recommendation check out the new blackwing one stage long point sharpener that's on the blackwing website uh um, Brad, have you tried one of these? Not yet. Okay. They're really, really good. I have one if anybody wants to try one. It has a, uh, a concave point, which is Ooh, really cool. I haven't tried one yet. Yeah. I, I have one. We can play with it later.
3: Right on. Yeah. My Tennessee red. It's Hell yeah. It's Hell more. yeah. <laughs> Go the <Vols. laughs> um, uh, Number seven. Uh, pencils are cheaper than pens, but you mentioned that already. <laughs> um, it's easier to get graphite off your hands than it is ink. Proof positive, I still have ink on my hands from earlier today. And as a lefty, this can kind of be important.
0: Yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's the lefty salute.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, let's see, number nine. Uh, some pencils are, are erasable. I mentioned that earlier. And
2: we need like a bell to ring every time somebody says erasable.
3: Ding ding. ding. <laughs> it's money in your pocket, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. We get we paid for every mention the word, erasable. The word erasable. Like erasable. Sesame Street. <laughs>
3: and my very last one because I did decide that it needed to be a list of 10 um, is (laughs) because OCD it just had to be done um, is that pencils do not actually have to be wood cased yeah I like graphite sticks I like colored pencil sticks I like check
0: out the new Rhodia mechanical pencils at the Van Ness booth yeah (laughs) Yeah. so
3: yeah there's my list
0: Uh, can we give Anna a round of applause for preparing more than I did (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um anything else that you want to chat about? Do you have do you have any recommendations of pencils like graphite pencils for everybody to pick up?
3: The Tennessee the Musgrave Tennessee Red? Yeah. It is amazing. So
0: My- so this pencil is, is made out of red cedar. Usually they're made out of incense cedar or some other wood. Uh they smell super good.
2: And the, ma- the reason being that the, the the red cedar was not as uh easy to grow and replace, yeah. right? So nice they, that was, the, was originally, ten, American pencils were made out of uh, red cedar, but they were phased out because it was so much easier to regrow incense was, it, it and incense. So, it was gone.
1: Like, that's why they, they were all in yeah. Tennessee
2: because that's where the wood was. And
1: they were Well, like, now I don't want to use it has gone was deforesting Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Well, it's all growing back. Yeah, has. that's good. Yeah. They, yeah. they yeah. found... That was ruining was my home. Yeah. Yeah. There was a good replacement yeah. species in abundance out west. Our latest episode
0: of the Erasable Podcast features... Yeah. The folks Nicole and Tim Delger, who are uh, helping Musgrave, which is this really, really, really old um, American heritage pencil company, with like kind of just an, like a really old website, kind of kitschy, just kind of rebrand and become become quote unquote cool again, and they're doing a really good job. So
3: it looks so good, and yeah. I've always always wanted to go and visit there. And I actually lived and went to school in Tennessee, so oh. like I have like yeah, yeah. field
2: trip, right. go Musgrave, right. right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. uh, that interview, and if 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 you haven't listened to it, that was one of my that is one of my favorite things we've done because it was getting to talk to somebody who's doing, is kind of in a dream situation within the pencil world. Like, and they're doing a really good job, and you can tell they really care, and it was it was fun to hear them talk about. In episode 106, Musgrave. we had
0: Henry Hewlin, who is the um, president of Musgrave Pencil, the first time he's ever been on a uh, podcast, or maybe even heard of a podcast. I, I, yeah,
1: yeah. And, <laughs> The, the Delgers made that possible. They drove yeah. out with a microphone and helped him out and explained what a podcast is and what he had to do and gave him the questions and it was great. Yeah. It was like he'd done it 50 times. Yeah. Maybe he had and we just didn't know.
0: Anna, thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Yay. Do you have you. else you
0: want to add before? Where people can find you on the internet?
3: Uh, Woohoo!
0: Thank you. Okay, more of the usual suspects. Some guy named Brad Dowdy. <laughs> Would you report to the front? <laughs> Once again he he needs no introduction, but I will say I've I've I feel like I feel like it's like the darkest I'm in the darkest timeline, Brad is in the like you know, the most successful timeline because we kind of had like parallel tracks for just a minute. I had a pencil blog and I worked at uh Calcedar, which is the company that makes Blackwing, as like their marketing guy. Well he worked at JetPens as their marketing guy. And then he found this thing called the podcast. And you also have a much more like broader, interesting like subject matter, and you're way more dedicated and better at it than I am. So, <laughs> <That's>, uh, any <laughs> other I'm reasons Donald's. why he's better than you? I'm not <laughs> <Dallas> at all jealous at all. He's trying to a tattoo, but you don't. We <laughs> don't know he
5: doesn't have a tattoo. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, <laughs> Brad, you are. You came on a show pretty early on the Erasable podcast, and you talked about. Um, we talked a lot about pens actually, but we did kind of go into pencils, and I would love to know kind of your pencil origin story like what like what made you start thinking about pencils maybe the way that you thought about pens
4: yeah so my entire reason for liking stationery when i was young and in high school and all that was to write as tiny as possible like all i want to do is write small and back in the late 70s and early 80s when i was in school um mechanical pencils were the way to go like you were saying in school you just kind of used that because like all the pencils were just crap at the time like and you don't know that when you're a kid it's like but you could still like I don't really enjoy writing with this so I use mechanical pencils forever and ever and then I got into this whole pen blogging thing and I still wanted to figure out how small can I write and (laughs) so found all these Japanese pens right and that's where the jet pens connection came in and that's how we talked and let's find the smallest tiniest little writing that I can do and woodcase pencils never seem to be an answer to that question that I was trying to solve. Um, how small can I write and consistently and enjoy it? And then you start talking with friends who have a lot of experience in that and you start figuring out what other things are out there and you find out that pencils can actually be nice, not just, you know, the school pencils that you would use back in the day. And The first pencil that, when I was doing this like as a job and doing this for like the pen addict that I found, was the Tombow Mono 100, and it was just like a random thing that I bought because well other people like pencils and I need to figure out why that is right because people ask me questions they want to know, you know they know about pens well what do you know about pencils and can we, you know do something with that so. When I got that pencil in, and realized how soft and smooth and consistent this is it like changed what i thought about what a woodcase pencil could be
0: tumbo uh, japanese pencils by the way are like some of the smoothest darkest pencils out there which is contrasted against um german pencils which are kind of scratchy but they keep their point really well
5: they're not that, scratchy that <laughs> they're scratchy.
2: <laughs> that brings up I, one thing economically that that just remind me of is that one fascinating thing about pencils where you're talking about the mono 100 and it sounds like something that's going to cost a ton of money, but it's mm-hmm. not something that costs a ton of money that the jump between like in fountain pen terms, like if you're jumping from a a like knockoff Chinese fountain pen to yeah. a Nakaya, mm-hmm. like that big jump in pencils, that's a jump of like maybe $2 and 50 cents yeah. or something for, which I, it doesn't last as long, obviously, yeah, but, but it's I was, just, I
4: was still scared yeah. to try it in the beginning because mm-hmm. it's a jump. It's still it, like, even though like I've, Bought plenty of expensive pens. You go, wow, that pencil's two fifty. Why is it different than a dollar fifty? And it's like, oh, maybe I'll think about it later. Which, if you think about that too hard, that's really stupid compared <laughs> to some of the things that I bought, <laughs> right? But that's a terrible conversation in your head. But you you still think of it that way because that's what that like group of products seems to be. And um, yeah, like that that was my jumping off point to oh, there's something different about pencils. That can figure out. So,
2: nice. Yeah, it's like the 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 lifespan of a pencil of like a, a well made pencil is probably exactly the same as a yeah. a jet stream or some like pen that you'd buy at a store. Yeah. Like from I starters. still haven't figured out
4: how to refill them though. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on that. There's a
1: big secret. We'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you when you're ready. The <laughs> illuminati. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: What is um what are some some properties of a like a pencil to look out for like if you if you pick one up and even if it's like if it's a black wing like it has like a very like shiny chrome look about it but if it's just a regular pencil and it's a really good one Mm -hmm. what what do you look for
4: the thing that i relate the most like you were talking about it anna was talking about it that pencils are shockingly customizable and like that's the thing that i always talk about fountain pens Like it's the most customizable writing instrument. You can change the nib, you can change the ink color, you can change how it feels on the page, you can change the size of it and how it feels in your hand. Pencils do all of those things too. (laughs) Like it's, you don't realize that until you start like going down that rabbit hole Mm. of trying to figure it out. So what I look for in a good pencil that I use all the time these days is really good point retention. So I I want to sharpen as little as possible while retaining a sharp line. And then I look for smoothness, and that's kind of it. Everything else is kind of secondary to me. Like I don't care if a pencil has an eraser, for example. That doesn't move the needle for me. So I look for something that's uh, that's going to hold a point, and um, just you know be nice to write with, not to really really scratch you on the page. Like would bring back bad memories from school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your uh, what's your top couple favorite pencils i don't mean to put you on the spot but.
4: no no the the one i use the most by far is the modern Blackwing 602 like i'll just go through those plenty like i, I really like those a lot um i do use the one of those right here
0: yeah if anybody wants to play with one afterwards
4: it's kind of the best the best mix of all the things i like in a pencil which includes style right it takes the good things that i like and then on top of it it looks pretty cool too and it's got a good story and all that um I do like the uh, Caran d'Ache Swiss wood pencil, mm. so, because that's a- Smells real good. Smells real good. It, it does. Uh, soy sauce. Yeah. Smells the, smells or like the stink wood. It as stink certain friends. <laughs> it smells like beef bouillon that. cubes. Yeah. Quick <laughs> but It's such a unique feel. Yeah. Holding that pencil, it feels very, like, strong and durable. The tip feels a little bit different. Um, the graphite core feels a little bit different. It's heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's like a substantial pencil, which you don't think about. So those are kind of the two that I keep on my desk, like within close reach at all times.
0: What's your least favorite pencil? Oh,
4: God, a Wopex.
0: Oh, a w- Wopex made by Statler. Um, and it is made from this, like, extruded plastic sawdust. It's kind of like the eggs pencils, except more plastic. So it's kind of like it's like it's made from garbage. Yes. Is, it's you know, like, wood, wood flour. flour. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with woe, which yeah. Johnny likes it. Whoa, and yes. yeah. yeah. You have to use a special sharpener for it because you will break your fancy sharpener. I can use any sharpener with mine. Yeah. That's an acquired skill. The, on, the yeah. only WhoPex <laughs> was <and> given <laughs> to me
4: by Johnny, Johnny Gamer. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: any other questions for from Spread Dowdy?
1: What's your favorite pencil sharpener? Since you talk about Oh, yeah. Small writing, like I'm assuming you want some like super point action. Yeah,
4: so the one that lives on my desk is the the Mitsubishi, the KH twenty, I think is the model. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a really nice long point that it'll put on the pencil. And cool. then the second one's probably the classroom friendly.
1: So follow up question. Mm-hmm. Can you sharpen with a knife?
4: I can. Awesome. I've I can. I got pictures of it. I keep on my desk, I keep a little box of shavings and an open L knife there if I ever get in the mood to just do that. It's very meditative. Like yeah. All of this stuff is like all of these things, like this little particularness that you can do with those things. And that's one of those things that I keep handy mm-hmm. for when I want to just chill out for a minute and sharpen a pencil with a knife. And man, awesome. if
2: you're sitting down to write, that's, there's no better way to just kind of ease into things. Just mm-hmm. to sit there and be like, I'm going to take... Thirty seconds. Make sure my pencil's right, or sharpen a, sharpen a few of them. Yep. Um, Do you want
0: to tell uh, them about John Steinbeck's ritual?
2: Yeah, John Steinbeck, uh, who we we talk about a lot on this podcast because he's kind of a, a pencil hero. We, we kind of, we used to have a segment where we talk about people who are writers and artists who are have showed a lot of love for the pencil, and Steinbeck was one of the originals. And he would the story as the story goes is that he would start every writing session with twenty four perfectly sharpened pencils that he would sharpen with at the time what would have been a really expensive electric sharpener and he would start with those 24 pencils and he would begin his writing which he would typically do in big uh ledger books he liked to write in big ledger books or in or on uh legal pads anything that was big that he could fit a lot of words in because he was obsessed with the economics of it and he would write and when one one pencil got to the point that it was uh Dulled. they had doled too much then he would set it aside pick another one out of the cup and keep writing and so his day always began or ended with him sharpening these 24 pencils that he would use and then once they got to once they got past a stage that he saw them as useful which is a stage that we call the Steinbeck stage which is like when the ferrule the metal thing holding the eraser would touch your hand once it gets to that point then he would cast them off to his children and those would be the pencils that his children would use to draw and write um, yeah yeah Brad, anything else you want to chat about?
4: Um, I just want to say I'm super proud of all you guys. Like, this oh, This is love you. a really great thing. You're our podcast daddy. Doing. Oh no, it's like praise <laughs> from Caesar. It, it, you wouldn't be here if you weren't good at what you did. So like, I, I appreciate y'all and I appreciate y'all being part of this community.
1: No one would have listened to it first to practice if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So thank you for coming up. Everybody, give Brad Doughty. Daddy-
2: uh, people, I mean, I know most of these people know, but you uh, talking yeah. about yeah, knock yeah, or about. Yeah,
4: I'm at penanic.com. You can find me there, and I make pen cases at knock.co. So and he's at the Baltimore
0: tomorrow. Pen Show. If anybody wants to meet him, <laughs> if anybody wants to meet him, yeah, yeah. right. So his is two weeks from now. So uh, we do have a uh, good friend of ours who uh, many of you may not know, um, Dave Scolardi, Would you please come to the front? Oh. Yeah. Yay! Dave is a bona fide pencil expert. Pencil expert. <laughs> nope, you are in the right spot. <laughs> um, I think you want to flip up the switch. There you go. Yep. Um, can you start by just giving us a little bit of background about what, who you are in pencils?
5: How about I do? Um, toot your own horn. How about I do a pencil origin story, kind of like you all three did, because that's what really brought me, I think, to this community and to blogging and podcasting. Um, I remember in grade school, the first good pencil I ever used was an Eberhard Faber Principal Pencil. I remember this because I stole a box from the supply closet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People were using those uh, Bic uh, mechanical pencils, you know, the black ones with the different colored clips. Mm. And those were good enough, but if you... Sometimes they were finicky. So if you were to drop them or tap them a lot, the the lead inside would break, uh, and then you were stuck clicking and clicking and clicking. So that was my first love. Um, I did have Yikes pencils. In fact, I went on some uh, late-night eBay binge once and bought quite a few. (laughs) I just heard my wife over there sigh. Um, So... um, but many years went by and I always just, in high school, I, I just had a stash of those those Everhard Favors. And then um, I kind of stopped caring about stationery. Uh, life happened and um, it wasn't until I went to college um, at 33 that I started getting back into stationery. And so for me, I knew I wanted to use pencil uh, because at that age, too, I kind of went through this. I don't know if some of you in here have, have experienced it. This this whole like idea of nostalgia and the the want for how things used to be. And I think, and, and I'll get to this in a minute, about parallels between um, fountain pens and pencils, but I think a lot of us in this room probably feel as though um, you want to use things from a simpler time. Um, so here I am in college, and um, I, I, the first pencil, like Brad, actually, um, good pencil, was the Tombow Mono. I actually bought it from JetPens. Um, I think they're like $2 a pencil, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just went from there, and I actually saw your blog, Johnny, um, and... I never really blogged before, but I figured it was a good distraction from school. I was stressed out about classes. Um, Undergrad was quite the adventure. Uh, So I blogged for fun, found the Erasable community, and now I have a podcast and a blog and all these other things. Yeah. Can you tell us about the podcast a little bit? So uh, RSVP is a podcast. I'm one third of that podcast. Uh, It's myself... Um, it's Les uh, Harper of uh, Comfortable Shoes Studio. Um, She's been blogging for years and years and years. Yes. Uh, She also makes notebooks called No Brand Notebooks. A little plug for her. Um, And then Lenore Hoyt, who is someone who is active in the Erasable Group for probably since the beginning. Yeah. She was there before me. Um, So the three of us, RSVP is very different. Um, we are not a pencil blogcast. I'm, I'm podcast blogcast. Oh, that's actually <laughs> blogcast. Blogcast. That's <laughs> and slip there. That's what we are. Um, so it's not about pens. It's not about pencils. It's kind of about everything in the stationary world. And
0: you had a really, really great episode about chalk.
5: Yes. So we dive deep into a very like interesting uh, stationary items. Uh, Lenore is a chemistry professor. <laughs> And there's this huge discussion one time about chalk and how um, there's this Japanese chalk that they're discontinuing. And a lot of professors are stockpiling this chalk. So we did a whole episode on chalk, and it was great. Um, so we, our, our tagline is a podcast about stationary and so much more, because um, it is so much more for those that have listened. Um, we talk about uh, stuff that's going on in the stationary community. Um, Sometimes buttons get pushed, but I think that that's a good way to open up conversation. Um, you know, I think that's one thing that I find lacking in a lot of my favorite podcasts, not, not these two here, but um, people aren't willing to push the envelope, and I think that that's, that's fun to combine those two things. Uh, something that we love, stationery, and kind of talking about the topics that you wouldn't usually connect to stationery.
0: What are your uh, top three favorite pencils?
5: This is tough. Um, So I like the Natraj Neon, um, which actually there's a story about those, um, the casemate neons. Um, So at Walmart, they sell a dozen neon pencils to the naked eye. would just be like garbage pencils. You would never want to buy them. They're 88 cents for a dozen. But they're actually made by Natraj. Um, My guess is that they're seconds. Um, but they are pretty much exact, and the only differences are the fact that there are mistakes on the Walmart ones. But they write the same, um, and they're always the good... In fact, whenever I send stuff to people, I throw in a dozen, because I think I'm up to six gross now. <laughs> uh, Is that so, true, Gina? <laughs> yeah, they are... They are. I have a whole shelf in my office, and it's just something fun that I... It's a conversation starter, and I think it's a good way to... Um, you know, get people into pencils because um, it, it writes well and it's cheap because a lot of times people about stationery, people that are outside of the bubble that we're hanging out in um, Are like I don't want to get into that. That's too much money. I can't afford that or that's that's too nuanced. I don't want to think about that but um, I could say here's the thing you can use and you can buy it in the store um, I think that's the trouble a lot of times with things um, in in the stuff that we all like in here you can love something, but then you'll have to tell them where to go to get it, and then, then there's just barriers to use. And I think that that's the thing that I like most about, you know, the, the, the Nataraj pencils in general. Um, I also have been loving on the uh, Blackwing Natural. Um, I like that it looks like a Blackwing uh, 211 a little bit, um, which for those that don't know, Blackwing 211 is a pencil. Right now it's what, like $60 a pencil? It's fabulous. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so, I, I think the third um, would probably have to be probably the Tombow Mono, just mm. because that was my, my first re-entry into quality pencils.
0: Besides the Wopex, what is your least favorite pencil? <laughs> Correct him. Correct him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> the Bic Extra Fun. Oh, that is a terrible pencil. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. Yeah. That is a piece of crap. Oh, it looks so cool they suck you in because it's it's a little bit of both it's it kind of it's like a yikes because the the gr, what, what or it's it's yeah the wood is uh different colors and um they have plastic ferrules which are really cool they're like purpley and they're they're fun and they have white erasers and they look really awesome but it's like writing with a piece of plastic. Just
0: write with a fork, and it'll be the yeah, same. It's like a fork.
5: Yes, fork. A, <sport. laughs> yeah. um, a yeah, broken fork. That, that is my. And they're my bendy. They like. It. Yeah, it's you can like make, really make them wave. Yeah. They're not yeah. good. Yeah. My kids like
1: them, and that—I mean—that's their target audience. But like, even after a while, they're like, "This doesn't work."
2: Even when I saw yeah. it for the first time, I saw the plastic ferrule and I was like, oh, cool. It's like, because the this story goes during wars, sometimes like the sources of of the metals that they would use for the ferrule would disappear and they'd start making ferrules out of plastic for that reason. So I remember seeing them being like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. But then like, wow, that's a crappy pencil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to mention, something Dave talked about was that um, uh, sometimes you don't know who makes a pencil. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know who makes it. There's a really interesting thing that I—I mean—happens in a lot of interest, industries, but especially wooden pencils. Is there's a, sort of this like shadow supply chain that nobody really knows about. Sometimes um, you try to like source some wood. Um, I think it's, it's Henry Petrowski who wrote the thing about how pencils are sort of a truly like symbol of globalism because you know you get your erasers made here and you get your ferrules made here and you get your your wood from here, and then processed here, and then it comes back to here, and it's just no no one person can make a pencil, which is interesting, because it kind of takes it out of the craft hands that, um, uh, that I can't
2: read that. There's, a, there's a, a very good Funny or Die video about yeah, this subject. Yeah, yeah. So Google um, that later. And there was a guy <laughs> who tried to make a
1: pencil, right? Yeah. And he totally failed. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, there, it's just an interesting, just kind of like hiccup of, of pencils, um, yeah. Um, Anything else you want to talk about pencils that people may not know about?
5: I mean, I think sharpeners. Ooh. Um, it's one of my favorite things to... It's a favorite uh, pencil companion of mine is to have... Like right now in my pencil case, I have the Pollux. Um, quite amazing. If you can, Some people don't like it. It's a little fiddly. It, it depends. Um, pro tip, if any of you have a Pollux, sharpen it in a classroom-friendly first... And then it'll start. Um, it'll start the pencil enough to where it won't. the The point won't break. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Uh, yeah,
2: no, definitely. Yeah.
5: And then also, when I was thinking about talking about pencils at a pen show, because um, I admittedly own one fountain pen. Um, what is it? It's a Twisby. Nice. Um, you know, I figure for thirty bucks, it was a good way to try things out and. Mm. Um, it may work for me again. Um, my job is I work at a college. I'm a writing tutor. I edit student papers a lot. And I would love to use pens, but it's its hard to find an ink that works well for me. And I had some conversations today with people that I have some inks to try, so uh, to be continued. Um, but the the new uh, Blackwing one stage long point is also mm. great. Won't beat my Pollux ever. But yeah, it's good.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Um, No problem. Where can people find you on the internet?
5: Um, So you can find me at aweeklypencil.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. And then on the RSVP podcast, uh, rsvpstationarypodcast.com. All right.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) I think we're going to... um, Kind of wrap it up. I want to leave a little time for Q and A. Um, kind of get out of here by eight thirty. Um, but Johnny, do you want to do you want to bring us all home?
1: Yeah. So, um, could we really quickly state our case for pencils? Yeah. Like, um, so to all of you, like, if you're here, you obviously like a rabbit hole, and pencils are a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it can get really expensive. Like, I have maybe hundred and twenty pencil sharpeners. So they weren't I'm staying free. with him I, at his apartment. Yeah. I can verify. First time in his apartment, yeah. every <laughs> surface has yeah. a sharpener on it. Yeah. It's incredible.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, you, know, Even you can have a lot of fun yeah.
1: with it, yeah. and do the opposite of what I did. It's not that simple.
0: <laughs> my my big case for pencils is the very tactile feel. Like something, I think, same thing with fountain pens. Honestly, like you really, really feel the paper and the writing underneath. And some paper that's a little bit more toothy. If you ever you picked up a Baron Fig uh, notebook, their paper is very toothy, and you can feel it underneath your pencil. Uh, it's just like one one step of level of abstraction away from like writing on cave walls with charred sticks, right? So I'm, um, I mean, a few levels of abstraction away from that. Yeah, it's all carbon, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but, yeah.
2: yeah. I'm a big fan of the writer Anne Lamott, and she has a really great book about writing called Bird by Bird. And in that book, she says that she... It, at, uh, that she'll use really crappy notebooks because she doesn't want to take herself too seriously, and I think Natalie Goldberg talked about this as well. But like, talk, doesn't want to take herself too seriously, and so I, one thing that I, I really like about pencils is that um, it make you can you can find something that you really love, but you can also find something that you're totally okay with losing track of, or something you can throw in your pocket and not worry about. And so I really love uh, pencils for the fact that they can be just totally joyous and all those tactile reasons we talked about earlier in the, the process that I enjoy. Uh, but simplicity, I think, is the word that I really enjoy about them. Yeah.
1: yeah, And even the worst pencil in the world writes, which I don't think can be the said wopex, for the wopex, worst fountain pen.
2: Wolpex, yeah.
0: Um, should we do like, does anybody have any questions? I would love to do a quick Q&A. Um, if you don't, that's totally fine because we kind of covered every single thing you could think of. But uh, Ask any razor questions. You can ask whatever question you want.
2: Okay, you've already talked a lot about sharpeners, but I'm going to ask a two-part question. Uh, number one, what is your favorite heathical type sharpener, which I see you've got one sitting there on the table. And number two, are there any electric sharpeners that you would recommend?
1: It's a great question. So um, I have two favorite crank sharpeners. One is this, which is the... Um, Cluster-friendly sharpener, and apparently exists in different iterations under same different brands, and they're made in the same factory. But um, the downside is it leaves bite marks on your pencils, which, you know, if, you know, if you're putting a really expensive pencil in there, you're like, it just messed my pencil up. So um, there's another one I have made by a, a Chinese company called Delhi that looks like a shrunken plastic version of this. It's
2: spelled D-A-H-L-E. Right? It's just
1: D-E-L-I. So if oh, you go okay. looking for a deli sharpener. But there are doll
2: sharpeners, too, aren't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The, um, the deli sharpener will return, like, meat slicers. So it's really hard to find online. So you, have, you need the number, which I don't remember. Um, but it makes a similar point to this, but no bite marks, which is awesome. And um, I don't have any electric sharpeners I've ever actually been able to get to work, right? So <laughs> my wife is a high school principal, and they have, like, a line of electric sharpeners I've given them. Or I've just given up on them. Like, dang it. They think I'm very generous. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Tim? I think with the electric sharpeners, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it, but every once in a while I'll come across a place that has like a really good Panasonic uh, one that, and sometimes when you find one of those that that's well-made, it'll just last for forever. I have, and it, I have a Panasonic long point from 1970. Does it have the fake wood grain? Yeah. 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 That's what, within the world of pencils, like, sharpeners are still great or getting better in a lot of ways and pencils are getting better but like the electric ones are just getting worse and worse and worse and worse the stuff that you can find easily like the stuff i would buy i would use classroom money to buy them for my classroom the first two years bought electric sharpeners i was finding at staples or finding at walmart or whatever and they would break within a few weeks of students giving them regular action and then i bought a classroom friendly and i've had the same one his name is clark I was teach my students that I've had that same sharpener for five years in my classroom.
0: I'll give you an ideal recommendation, which I do not have one, but I, I covet it so bad, and you can buy at least two of them here. At uh, is Paul, is that his name? Yeah, Paul. Paul. Um, he has uh, these sharpeners called El Casco sharpeners, and they are gold, and they're gleaming, and as David Reese once said... Uh, they cost more than uh, his uh, some cars that he has owned. <laughs> so uh, Paul's selling them. He restored them. They're a really good price. Um, if you want a really good point that, like, is kind of concave, like some of the really good sharpeners out there, that's a good one. Yeah,
2: yeah. and I think my. I guess I didn't say my favorite, but. I'm right along with Johnny, except that I, I really like the Mitsubishi Uni sharpener. Mm. Um, it's it's a similar to the classroom-friendly crank sharpener, but it doesn't put those bite marks in it as well, like the deli you were talking about. And it also kind of looks like an alien when you're looking at it face on. <laughs> Which so is you enjoy that. You
0: know. One more question. Anybody? Oh. <laughs> Dr. Hans. So I, I have a question for the three of you about the afterlife.
2: Oh, no. Good. <laughs> I've been waiting for <laughs> my this. My philosophy <laughs> degree is going to pay off. <laughs> if you were
0: if you're to be reincarnated as a Blackwing special edition, <laughs> what would be your paint scheme, your number, you, what kind of core would you have, what color ferrule and, and, and eraser?
2: <laughs> I feel like Johnny's already thought about this. Yeah. I, I have going. thought about this a lot. So
1: my number would be the 1817 for the year Thoreau was born. I would be round and not even sanded. It would be like holding a log with a silver ferrule, a pink eraser, and like the biggest, fattest core they can fit into a normal pencil without it breaking. But like they would also come in boxes of 144
2: because <laughs> why not? Uh, so it'd be the, uh, I'm going to go with the Blackwing 1908 because I'm a Cubs fan. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm a really big baseball fan. I think it would be really awesome to see a Blackwing that was made, uh, or it could be the Blackwing 2016 when they won the World Series, if you hadn't heard about that. but uh, and, and I think the thing that would be the distinguishing f- uh, factor is that you would get a set of 12 it would be blue with a red eraser or maybe white with blue pinstripes, but they've kind of already done that. And then the core would be a mixture of all the different cores and different pencils to represent the ups and downs of being a Cubs fan. I think because <laughs> I, 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 I resonate with that a lot. Just in I thought you were going to say there's no core human. in there. There's no core.
0: <laughs> I have Johnny. no idea. <laughs> Um, my favorite number is 32, uh, for a really dumb reason, which was that, does anybody remember a game called Cannon Fodder on your PC or your Mac back in the day? You adjusted the power, the powder, which was the power, and you adjusted the, the pitch. And for some reason, I always, always, always hit the other cannon the first try with the pitch of 32, and that was my number that I've, like, since then. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> you know what would it look like?
0: Yeah, um... <laughs> God, I have no idea. It would look. It would be shaped like a cannon barrel. Yeah, cannon barrel. A
2: multicolored eraser that looks like fire. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: I. Are you listening, Blackwing?
0: Yeah, (laughs) I have no clue. I think it would be. I I'm lived in San Francisco for five years. I really still am in love with the city. Um, I think it would be international orange, which is the color of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, I don't know about the core. Probably, probably like a like a two B like a natural natural core. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you all so much for coming. Um, yeah, that was an amazing question. Yeah. Um, Johnny, do you want to do you want to kind of finish up and talk sure. us out?
1: Yeah. So if you've never listened to our podcast before, then this might sound really weird and like credits, but um, so first we like to say where you can find our guests, but there are too many of you, so we could start on the side with Tim, and Tim can tell you where to find him on the internet and social media.
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Wassum and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wasom. and I also have a, another podcast called The Membership which is about a writer named Wendell Berry that I, I do with a couple other friends of mine.
0: I am at uh, A. Wellfley, first initial, last name on Twitter and Instagram and I have a website which is
1: Andy.WTF which has a lot of other things on it. I'm, I'm Johnny. You can find me at PencilRevolution.com usually and on social media at Solution. and you can find us Aside from here, um, on Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever it's called. And, all the things. Uh, US, and yeah, all, all the ways you like to listen to podcasts. Um, we're on social media at facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast for our sort of official mouthpiece. You can check out uh, our Instagram and Twitter at Erasable Podcast, and the best Facebook group in Facebook, like... We got messages about this. The RSVP group is also really amazing. We got a message about that, too. But um, it's facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. And, yeah, we, of course, have to give a shout-out to our Patreon patrons. Do you mean read it? Yeah, you read it. It's very small.
0: Um, <laughs> Alex Jonathan Brown, Anne Sype, Bobby Letzinger, Chris Jones, Chris Metzgis, Chris Ulrich, lots of Chrises, uh, Dave McDonald, Dave Tubman, uh, fourth Letter Gangster Hotline Dr. Hans Nudelman, Hans Jacqueline Myers Jason Dill Jane Newton Joe Crace John Baynon Johnny Baker Kathy Rogers Kelton Weens Larry Grimaldi Leslie Tuzo Mary Collis Measure Twice Michael Dialosa, Mike Hagen Random Thinks Sarah Hunter Stuart Lennon Tana Feliz Think Travel Eat and Tanas Ekeberg Anderson Thank I, I you couple, all for coming A couple oh. of you are here Can you yeah. have, like, stand up? Yeah
1: Do you want to talk about tomorrow? So tomorrow at, you might have heard of this company called Write Notepads, um, they are having an open house from 4 to 10 at their headquarters, which is somewhere on Wacomico Street. But If you put it into Google Maps, Write Notepads, you'll find it. not going to find it right. So if you get lost, you can call us. Um, And we are sponsoring an open house with uh, Mohawk Paper Company. So they're going to have Mohawk reps there with paper, which sounds stupid, but to us, we're like, yeah, it's awesome. Um, we will all be there, and there will be lots of adult beverages and tours, which would be really cool. All right.
0: Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much in. for coming. This is awesome. This is a dream come true. Thank you. Wait for the ending of the podcast theme. This is Johnny's band, Garuda Face. <laughs>
2: Thank <laughs> <laughs> you.